0: welcome back to hoops hd everybody it is time for not only for our under the radar but for the very last hoops hd podcast of 2023 uh this is it it will be next year by the time we do our next show but uh we are doing under the radar i'm your host chad sherwood david griggs over there john sleeka below him Right below me, from Bracketeer.org, we've got Rocco Miller back again, the guy that knows everything about every team that <laughs> yeah. ever played, the history of uh, – give you the ros- roster of, of D3 and NAIA schools. <laughs> right off the top of his head, right? <laughs>
1: there, there, there were three D1 games today. Rocco somehow went to five. <laughs> <laughs> One of the 430 people well, that, that went to
0: Luke Air Force Base to see Canyon blow up Bethesda. That's him. No. Uh, but seriously, this is our under-the-radar show. And, uh, Griggs, what does it mean to be under the
1: radar? Well, to in layman's terms, it's you're in one of the 22 leagues that typically only gets one bid, and we always want to emphasize there's no rule or policy that says these conferences only get one team. It's just more often than not, it's the 22 that do. Uh, we think we're going to see a few of these leagues. We'll get into it, get more than one team this year. But that's what it is. Uh, it is not the Power Five, which is the Big Ten, Big 12, Pac-12, 12, at least for another year, SEC and ACC. And it's not the five other regular multi-bid leagues, which is the Big East, the Atlantic Ten, at least usually, the American, uh, the Mountain West, and I always forget. One. Oh, West Coast. Yeah. yeah.
0: The, other, the other disqualifier is teams that are in the top 25 of either the national polls. We do – cover them on our hoops hd report which we recorded last night so we're not gonna cover those specific teams that one team this year is and has been all season and still is james madison and i've got my cat that is <laughs> acting very weird so i apologize if i jump out here for yeah. a second but uh but i actually wanted to start the show kind of right where we left we did record our uh let's see oh uh, I'm having a little screen trouble here. Okay. We did record our our, our under our hoops and she report last day. We end the show by talking about that James Madison team. And one of the things we're talking about is the fact that they've got a matchup coming up uh middle of February against a team still to be determined. And i actually bring up the same the exact screen we had at the end of the show last night here. Because uh we take a look at oh well they're gonna get one of the best Mac teams and uh that Mac team we thought might be the Akron zip. So I've got on the right there. And I happened to make a comment. Well, that doesn't really do much for James Madison because Akron is sitting here right now with a 123 net not that it's anything that special. And I thought that'd be a good segue to just go right into this week's show and f- take a look at what I think is probably the most disappointing conference of these under the radars for me all season so far. And that is the mid American conference. Um, and Rocco, why don't I go to you with the first question of, a, of really kind of what is going wrong here with this conference? It just has underperformed all season, I think.
2: Yeah, I think, I think that's fair. Um, I, I think Toledo just lost a little too much uh, last year with, you know, Ray, Ray J. Dennis was a huge part of that team, uh, of course, transferring back up to Baylor uh, to the highest level of college basketball and uh, not really being able to replenish him and taking. Taking some bad losses on the road, Toledo is usually a really strong home team. They just lost at home last week. Uh, not not to pick on them, but I think they've been one of the flag bearers for sure. Uh, uh, most consistent team. They've won the regular season championship, I think, three of the last four years. Um, you have Akron, Kent State, kind of about where we thought, at least as solid as we thought they'd be. Maybe maybe we hope they'd be a tiny bit better, but can't can't really knock those two teams. Um, Ohio U, I think, eventually gets better. They've had some roster issues. And I think one of the biggest blows has been just the demise of Buffalo. Um, Buffalo, of course, just a few years ago an NCAA tournament team under Nate top, Oates.
1: top stayed, fifteen,
2: yeah, in and stayed, rankings. yeah, and stayed like a top five, six MAC team. Jim Whitesall now really kind of cleaning house under George Halkovich. It's been a disaster. I mean, they're um, they're three hundred thirtieth in Ken Palm, three hundred thirtieth in uh, you know in that range, basically in any kind of database you look at. Um, the direct All the directional Mich- Michigan schools are still down. Um, so there's four, you know, pretty poor teams dragging the league down. Uh, and then I think, you know, even a team like Northern Illinois, who had some really great wins in November, um, had some injury issues in December, and they've come back down to kind of average. And you just haven't had any of those teams from the middle pop up the way you would hope.
0: Yeah, and, and even you look at Ball State. I know they're third on the line here in the screen, the standings. Uh, th- their metrics are horrible. Um, and, they are. And I think that this is this is one of the worst eight and four teams of the nation. I'd, i th- I think you can argue. Uh, so I,
1: yeah, yeah. I, go, it, go ahead, Griggs. Well, if we could go back to the Akron profile, because I know yeah. that this is an odd thing to say about a team that's eight and three overall, but I, I've been highly disappointed in Akron. Um, you, you know, they they started the season off with a win at south dakota state and if you go back and i need to delete this because i don't want any evidence that i was ever wrong about anything but like i said that is a that is a really good team it is a really hard place to win this was actually one of the more impressive wins of the day singular wins with everybody else playing so many home buy games and south dakota state has also been disappointing we'll get to them a little later but when you look at their tests, you know, they, they were blown out by Drake. They didn't get the UNLV win. This was a team, all the things that we're saying about James Madison, all the things we're going to say about Princeton, Ohio U to an extent. But this Akron team, I thought was a top 40 caliber team coming in to the season that would land inside the bubble. And while 8-3 is good, it isn't at large good.
0: Yeah, the, the losses are not horrible, but – you got got to do a little more of that they they do have one remaining decent non-conference test with this St. Bonaventure game coming up this weekend yeah. um and then you know maybe we could say hey it's not that great that James Madison is probably going to be hosting Akron in the in in February it is good for Akron to have maybe have that shot yeah. at James Madison not that i really think there's any suffering an at large bid here at this point um They're- yeah, there is
2: some upside with Akron going forward, um, getting Ollie, Ollie uh eligible uh, for the last two games. He was the MVP, 29 points in the overtime win over G- Gardner-Webb uh, the last game they played. Um, I mean, he's a huge difference maker. It's going to take a few games for the Zips to get acclimated with him back in the fold um, is the way I'm kind of reading that. Uh, but we'll we'll see. But I, I do think with Ollie Ollie there and, and you know, suddenly eligible um, – you know, you could look at the Zips team with the biggest arrow going up in the league.
1: You, you could, but you, you, something you said, Rocco, without even realizing you saying it overtime at home to beat Gardner Webb, having to sweat yeah. out FIU, Southern Miss, another team that I thought was pretty True. good, has been really disappointing. Like, needing, I don't know if it was overtime or down to the last possession to beat Northern Kentucky. This is just not a top 40 team. <laughs> like, I, and I thought they were going to be coming into the year.
2: And the, the the two Mountain West losses were by one possession, and those were good teams: Utah State and UNLV.
1: Utah State is very good, yes.
2: Yeah, so you you know there you you could look at you could look at the exact same information uh, kind of from two different lenses, but um, you know, sadly, based on where the MAC is between Akron and Kent State, I think the, those are going to be the best hopes. I do think Jeff Bowles, uh may, in fact, be the best coach in the league, though, and. If Ohio can get fully healthy, I, I still think the Bobcats are worth keeping your eye on.
1: Yeah, if they can get healthy, and again, this isn't so much of a criticism; it is an assessment. We were expecting a lot more out of Ohio, but they've yes. had the injuries. Yeah, yep
0: uh, Slicha, any thought? Let me give you a shot here to, to give your thoughts on the conference. Uh, anybody else that is even worth mentioning here, or 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 have we have we beaten this uh, horse to death
3: already? I would say forget looking for a top 40 team, I'm just looking for a top 100 team. You notice where all the wins are coming from in the conference? They're all coming from tiers 3 and tier 4. Obviously they're not getting tier 1. They're not even getting any tier 2 that I could find. Now, Akron is going to have one up op- final opportunity against St. Bonaventure when they face them in front of a pseudo home crowd in front of Cleveland, but by the same token, St. Bonaventure isn't terribly far from a cleveland themselves either so they'll probably be well represented in the house well kent state
0: friday night is at st mary's northern illinois is at iowa so there's a couple chances left here uh for to do something non-conference but that's it i think this is other than those sunbelt games of february th- this is it. it's going to be all conference play from here on out after this it- weekend in this league
1: One of the bigger surprises, and I I know this is going to come off as a backhanded compliment, I don't mean it to be, is Eastern Michigan at five and five. I mean, I just thought they would be an outer tire fire. They're actually 500.
0: Again, (laughs) look at that, 329 in defense, 253 in offense. Uh, I'm just not... I don't really think there's much here. If you pull up the profile, look at Well there beat. isn't.
1: But the fact that they're, they're beating anybody is But kind they of but
0: they've they have they <laughs> have got five five of their six wins are sub three hundred and non D one teams, Greg. Yeah. So I went quite uh quite you know Can they contend for the top eight and and make it to Cleveland uh, for the back tournament? Maybe. That's about it. I think that would be a successful season for for the Eagles if they make it to Cleveland. Well, at least
3: Eastern Michigan can say they beat the Lakers. Too bad it's the Lake Superior State version.
0: (laughs) (laughs) One last question, though. Coming up Friday night, Buffalo hosting Niagara in a Western New York Big Four battle. Can the Bulls get their first D1 win of the season?
2: Probably. I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It <laughs> <They laughs> may niagara, be their only chance to somebody <laughs> niagara and canisius really step up in those games so it's yeah, actually kind of
0: working against them a little bit oh <laughs> uh, we'll see here but let's go ahead and work through the rest of the conferences we're going to start things off in the america east like we always do a conference that didn't see much in terms of play but so one very interesting game it was this my is vermont's uh, trip to Miami, Ohio, which which no you know, no, Vermont... no 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 we're not
3: talking about that game.
0: <laughs> it's just such a head scratcher. We were just talking about the MAC, and there it goes Miami, Ohio picks up. Uh, you know, Vermont has had incredible wins now with the Yale game and incredible losses with this Miami, Ohio game, Griggs.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, it 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 is sort of baffling. Like the the distance between their ceiling and the floor is is amazing. Um, I still like them better than anybody else in the league. I've been impressed with what other teams have done, uh, particularly, you, you know, Lowell and Maine even, who, while they're not contenders, they're certainly much improved and one of the better stories. I still think Vermont blows through this league, but yeah, uh, maybe not every night. They, they're going to lose some games that, that you're not expecting them to, I suppose.
0: I'll tell you, Rocco, the team, the team that kind of, I I took my first look at this week, though. Uh, Not that Rhode Island is anything that special, but New Hampshire going and picked up a road win at an A-10 school. You know, maybe there's a little bit of life for this New Hampshire team this year.
2: New Hampshire's had some good results, Um, you know, beyond the Rhode Island win. Obviously, Rhode Island's going through some of their own issues, but they beat Marist, who's having a nice year. Uh, They beat Brown by a lot, um, which was an early statement for New Hampshire. So they've shown some signs. And, you know, now they have, three true road wins which you know if you can win away from home, that's always a sign of a good team. Uh, and Nathan Davis, you know I, w- I wasn't overwhelmed with what he did at Bucknell. Kind of parachuted to New Hampshire now it's his first year up there. Um, little, little I, I am a little more impressed than I thought he'd be able to do in year one. So um, a couple nice players there with Clarence Daniels, um, forgetting the number two name, but uh, they, they, those two guys can really can really fill it up for the Wildcats. Uh, Across the league, I would say Bryant might be playing the best ball. Uh, They just lit up Drexel for 104 points. I think that's the first time Drexel under Zach Spiker has given up 100 uh, in 177 games. uh, Stretches across seven seasons, I believe. Uh, And so Bryant just playing at an explosive pace. uh, Also went over 100 in the double OT win over Towson uh, the weekend before that. And, uh, of course, have that Florida Florida Atlantic win from earlier in the year. Uh, So I I will say, you know, just based on Vermont's inconsistent play and, uh, you know, UMass Lowell, unfortunately going through the Koulibaly injury situation still, uh, Bryant might be the team to beat right now, surprisingly. You know. Yeah, uh, they're that, certainly just, playing the best basketball going into the going into the break.
0: Going back to New Hampshire after Clarence Daniels, who's averaging almost a double double, I believe it was Ahmad Robinson there. It's over yes. sixteen points a game, which it was Thank her second you. score. So they did have two guys at the top of this New Hampshire lineup that are very dangerous players. Uh
2: good players, very good yeah. players. All conference caliber.
0: Uh Stalika, upcoming schedule in, in the America East. As again, we are just finishing up non-conference play and, and there's a there's a couple interesting games here. New Hampshire team maybe ahead a wee bit at Iowa State. <laughs> and, oh, they're,
3: uh, <laughs> they're gonna be taking a shot at the moon. I think we're also gonna be keeping on Friday, hoping Maine can get at least uh, one more good non-conference road win at Minnesota, although the uh, Gophers have been showing some signs of life. Of life. I, think
0: Maine, I think Maine is favorite to win that game, aren't they? <laughs>
3: yeah,
1: if, if Maine wins at Minnesota, I, I, I think they should have to, I, I think they should be able to annex the entire state.
0: Uh, uh, let's, uh, yeah, I got a question. Are those those the two teams furthest north in the entire nation? They might be uh, in terms of ge- <laughs> geography. It's going to and be we're talking close. about the lower forty-eight.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, yeah the, in D one, yeah, because the, the you know Fairbanks and Anchorage are D two. I think yeah. you're right.
0: It might might be. We have we have to check against some of those Washington schools, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's have to the A UVA center here, Stalika, which which picked up a impressive two wins this week and uh, one of them was a overtime win by Gulf Coast over a non D1 team. So what a week for the Axad.
3: <laughs> oh, well, we should at least congratulate Austin P for getting the one uh, win against a D1 competition. Not that we were expecting Eastern Kentucky for example to win at Alabama, but just about everyone was on the road uh in by games right here.
0: Yeah, we're sitting here
3: uh, Griggs, now with uh 61
0: wins is the most of anybody in the conference and yeah. the, the other there's only two teams with winning overall records against d1 uh
1: yeah kind of a- disappointing now a couple of things liberty leaving the league and kennesaw state getting gutted a little bit have caused the conference to you know kind of slide back from at least where we were used to seeing the top of it eastern kentucky's been disappointing this year the, the team I'm starting to like is not one with a winning overall record, but I, I, I like them coming in. I thought it would be a two-horse race between Lipscomb and EKU. I now kind of think Lipscomb's the team to beat in this conference. As, as Rocco likes to say, they just appear to be playing the best ball.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think Lipscomb, if if they can get fully healthy too, I mean, they've been going all year without uh, Ogusevich. Yeah. Pre, 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 some people had him preseason player of the year. They uh, they're being very vague about the injury situation as everybody does. Uh, so who knows if he'll pop back up one of these nights, but uh, even without him, I mean, they've been really competitive. They took Arkansas to the horn. They did. Uh, yeah. They took Belmont to the horn in a game where they were down 20 and they rallied all the way back in the rivalry game. Uh, you know, I thought the win over Asheville that's going to age really well as Asheville's finally starting to wake up. Um, and, you know, we'll see how they do at Florida state on Saturday. That's a Florida state team. That's all over the place too. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I think I think just as of lately, you know, Kennesaw State was uh, they were perfect in December until uh, their loss to Asheville. And that's an Asheville team they've also beat. So kudos to Antoine Petway; They've actually done uh, much better than I thought they would do. Well,
1: Uh, but their schedule has been less than hard.
2: Correct. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Correct. Yeah. Getting getting Georgia State was nice locally, but it didn't mean a lot, you know, nationally and then Upstate and Presbyterian are who they are. Yeah, But, but uh, just the fact they're getting wins in his first year, uh, it's a good way to carry forward all the success they had last year. You
0: yeah. Yeah, mentioned as far as upcoming games, Lipscomb at Florida State. Uh, Florida Gulf Coast, who, as we mentioned, needed overtime to beat a non-D1, does get to host Florida Atlantic on Saturday. So, uh, yeah. uh, you know, road test for FAU, but uh, they should be able to pick up a road window <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs>
1: FAU, not a bad team. Not a bad team. Not a bad team.
0: Rocco, the Big Sky Conference, I know, is one of your favorite leagues. Uh, and I think we're getting ready for a very good conference season here. Uh, although, you know, Portland State and Weber State kind of fell back a bit after what they did early on in the season.
2: Yeah, a little bit. I mean, Portland State's been full of miracles. Um, yeah. If you if you look at how the, some of those wins ended, the, ga- the the buzzer beater to beat Fresno, uh, the miracle win against per- Portland at home. Um, the, I think Cal Baptist was uh, not a half court shot, but like a, a, a really, really deep three to win. <laughs> They've had three unbelievable uh finishes to get three of these wins. Uh, but hey, if you find ways to win, that's uh, that's going to build a lot of camaraderie for your future. I, I think the team right now to really keep your eye on is the Montana Grizz. Uh, they they swept San, San Jose State, both home and away, in dominating fashion, uh, both by double digits. And that's a San Jose State team that, you know, even though they don't really get any fans, they play pretty well at home under Coach Miles. Right after that night, they went on and beat um, Santa Clara. And Montana themselves went to UC Davis and cleaned house on UC Davis. Um, nice road trip for the Grizz.
0: And if you look yeah, at some... Yeah, I'll, tell, I'll tell you, Rocco, though, my problem is, I don't think a team has ever made the NCAA tournament with only finding two teams in the entire country that they can beat. And that's all that Montana has done
2: so far. Yeah, they swept them. (laughs)
0: Their four D1 wins are against two teams.
2: (laughs) And, I mean, that that really sets the stage for – you're right. You're 100% right. Uh, That sets the stage for tomorrow night's Big Sky opener, which that will be the game of the night, Montana at Weber. Uh, We'll really see what they're made of. Because the analytics are saying – at least in the last month, that Montana has been playing the best basketball. But again, you called it. It's only against two teams.
0: And sometimes it's one or two teams whose numbers you have. So, uh, but but no, I I I think you are right. This is uh, we are ready to big sky play here. We will step back out of big sky play beginning next week on Wednesday yeah. night. We'll, we'll be doing our next under the radar show before then. But uh, when we have the big sky summit league challenge games. But uh, for now, a couple of big sky games for everybody.
1: Right, it we uh, it's important to point out about Weber State. Whereas, like we talked about, how we love their pieces coming into the year, and we were really big on them with when they beat Saint Mary's. That win didn't age as well as we thought it would, but Weber State still has the same pieces. I, I I think that like if they're able to get it to the to the gear that they're capable of playing at, they could be the best team in the league. Yeah,
2: a hundred percent, they should be. And, and yeah. I also just want to say, East, Eastern Washington. All all seven of those losses are to power five teams. So they're 4 0 against everybody else. Obviously, two of those are non D ones, but I think we wrote them off early last year just because they had a bloated bad record due to all the bye games. Um, I think they come into this big sky, at least themselves internally, coming into this big sky season expecting to be at the top again.
0: Well, look at them for look for them hosting Portland State tomorrow night in their That's Big Sky, whatever. Yeah. So, that one. might be that might be the number two game in the Big Sky tomorrow. Uh, Salika, Big South Conference, where, um, yeah, I think we're also waiting for conference play, aren't we?
3: <laughs> well, I think High Point is appears to be just about ready. At least they're getting an eight point win at home against uh, Canisius. Longwood was uh, idle going into Christmas. Same for Radford. So, yes, let's go ahead and uh, bring on conference play.
0: <laughs> well, we can, but there is, a, there is something else we, we do need to address here, and that is uh, this UNC Asheville team picking up that win over Appalachian State on, on last Thursday. And, you know, this is a team, Rocco, that I think we liked heading into the season, had disappointed a little bit. Uh, I'm ready to start to jump back on the bandwagon here after that win, though.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, I got to I got to trust uh, our friend Brian. Uh, his Twitter is at uh, Sports Matters. Um, really good person to follow in the Big South. He covers a lot of these teams. He wrote a really good piece after that Appalachian States saying this is the Asheville team we've expected all year. They went into Appalachian's gym and did that one by 13 and then followed it up with a revenge win over Kennesaw, a team they lost to um, early in the or earlier in the month. So yeah, with Drew Pember there and some of the moving parts, uh, trying to get it all to work, it looks like it's finally starting to work. And don't forget how old they are. Start all five guys are seniors. A bunch of these guys came back to win this championship, um, and I just think the Big South's way better than they could have ever thought. With teams like High Point and Radford playing some of their best basketball historically,
0: uh, that App State game was, was in Hickory, North Carolina, not at App State's. Home gym That's though. correct. Just, it was. Uh,
2: so, so. Catawba Valley Community College, I believe.
0: Yeah, So, so it's actually counting as a neutral site win there for uh, yeah. Asheville. Okay. Not not a, not a road win. Correct.
2: Yeah. Pomeroy had it as a road game. My my apologies.
0: Yep. Nothing, no problem. It, it's it's one of those mostly road wins,
2: I guess. Yeah. But, uh, but for the NCAA yeah. net purposes, they are
1: calling it. It's neutral. a neutral. Yeah.
0: He needs to
2: give that a little tweak.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And see, and, I, and and they
2: got an interesting game at UAB on Friday, Chad. Yeah, they do. Uh, yep. And UAB is trying to figure it out. They finally just got a big win over Drake. So that's a super interesting matchup on
0: Friday. That That is a real good game here on Friday. Although, Sleekha, we know you're going to be watching Tacoa Falls at Winthrop instead.
3: <laughs> well, that's going to be one of them. Then you get the, law, the, the Charlotte branch of the Johnson and Wales law firm going to Presby. <laughs> but, Chad, we have to look at Wednesday. You know it what's is coming, coming up here. here next Wednesday night. A yes. week
0: away, we'll have a chance to talk about it next week's show, also. But it is yeah. time for. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: Winwood Cup Round One. Oh, uh, one of our favorite rivalries of all
3: time. One, one of the biggest
1: <laughs> rivalries in in sports history. Uh,
0: we were good to, next week. I think we already know what our future conference is going to be. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, Griggs, how, how about the Big West Conference where, again, you, you have to look to the middle of the standings to find the best team in the league, but I, I, really, I still think they are the best team in the league. I,
1: I, I think so, too. And if you, if you pull them up here, it's this is when you live in an in under-the-radar world, this is the kind of thing that drives you insane. Had they gotten that win at San Diego State, and they and they almost did, I think it By we
0: talk about UC Irvine. For yeah, we're talking about watching. the Eaters, for yes. those
1: of you not watching. Uh, thank you for clarifying that. But Had they gotten that, I think it changes the entire complexion of their profile, and we're talking about them as being a team that can land inside the bubble without it, minus running the table, and as good as I think that they are, I don't think they're going to do that, not in this league. I think that one of their wins better be that last win, but, God, this team is good, and if they do get to March and get to the 12-13 line, which is about where I think they would be, that is a dangerous matchup in the round of 64.
0: And uh, like, uh, one team they're going to have to go through here also, Rocco, quietly oh, won five in, a, five, in a, five in a row. Is, is their rivals at Long Beach?
2: Yeah, I mean, Long Beach is uh, probably the most talented and athletic team in the league, which is a, it's actually a big statement. You know, Santa Barbara probably has the best player. Uh, UC Irvine, definitely the best defense. You could, you could argue maybe the most proven coach as well. Uh, but with Long Beach State's dynamic uh, transfers, whether it be – Uh, The Traore boys, or uh, former Husky Marcus Tassanis, who was the hero in the big win over USC. Uh, And they've also, of course, beat Michigan and DePaul this year. Um, Yeah, this team is – they've they've got the most merit so far in the league. And uh, they bring something dynamically that is uh, – it's going to be really fun to follow throughout the year just based on the fact that they play so fast and take quick shots. A lot of these other teams that they'll be up against at the top of the league like your Hawaii's, like your even Santa Barbara to a degree, and certainly your Irvine's are going to really try to slow them down. Um, there's going to be so many chess matches in this league. It's going to be phenomenal. Uh, but Beach has the, has the talent to do it, and they come in, like I said, if, if they somehow had a dominant record in the league, they would get some looks at it at-large, I think.
0: Absolutely. Um, you know, as far as the rest of the league goes, uh, Sleekka uh, – Salika, hey, you are, you're talking about Northridge here? Salika, Cal State Northridge, go for
3: it. They
0: won at UCLA. Well,
3: <laughs> yeah, we talked about Northridge well, getting probably the last uh, Pac-12 after Dark Special, where they go on the road and actually had a lead for most of the game. They led by as many as uh, 15 points, and even though the Bruins were able to get it down to within one point, they were never able to get any closer in that game, and this was a team that already had won at Chicago State, at Idaho, and the Pacific, but no no doubt UCLA is going to be the biggest feather in their cap going into Big West play right here.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure where UCLA finishes if they were in the Big West Conference. I don't think it's at the top, though. That's all I got to say, um, but uh, uh, here's the upcoming schedule, and uh, we are going right into conference play here, starting Thursday night. Uh, Irvine is going to be hosting Riverside, and then at Bakersfield. While, uh, while well, I guess we want to talk about this Long Beach team. They're at Fullerton, and then they are hosting
3: Northridge. Uh,
0: maybe circle that. Oh good, yeah, the RiverVine matchup. <laughs> yes, we have a RiverVine yeah. game tomorrow night. There we go. Uh, <laughs> There's your under-the-radar game of the day already. <laughs> One of our second favorite matchups. Uh, <laughs> we must be getting to conference season. All the rivalries are coming out <laughs> tonight. Uh, Sleek, let me stick with you over in the Coastal Athletic Association here where a couple of notable wins, including UNC Wilmington going to Marshall last week and then Co- and
3: College of Charleston picking up that home win over St. Joe's. It was at home, but I think you have to give credit to a Charleston right here for getting the win of the week against the Hawks, who had been uh, rapidly improving ever since their baffling home loss against uh, Texas A&M Commerce and UNC Wilmington. It appeared they had somewhat flatlined after the win in Kentucky, but winning at Marshall, it's not as tough to do this year as opposed to recent years where hillbilly balls become a thing in Huntington. However, Wilmington still on a Bit of a four-game winning streak. It's going to be tough to push that to five, though, when they go to Arkansas in a couple days.
0: Yeah, yeah. The, the, these two teams, I got them up next to each other, both on four-game winning streaks. Charleston and Wilmington. Wilmington at Arkansas. Charleston hosting Montreal. Um, <laughs> I, I like Charleston's chance to keep the winning streak going a little bit better. But, uh, but, uh, Griggs I think it is a somewhat interesting game though. This Wilmington Arkansas game coming up this weekend.
1: Uh, oh, for sure it is, and you know what does it mean if they can win it? Um, which which they can. <laughs> you, you know they're they're really experienced. It would be another road win, and suddenly you're. I, I think that it really enhances this profile, and does it set them up for a bit if they can run through through the coastal, which they may be good enough to do. Yeah,
0: and, and maybe get this team with that that one at Kentucky, Rocco, and it's still saying with a one oh seven net. Uh, which is a bit of a head scratcher. One thirteen in Ken Palm, though the the metrics don't like them.
2: Yeah, I think it has to do with that thirty point drubbing they took to App State uh, in Fort Myers. Um, unfortunately, those, those blowouts kill you. But um, I do think, from a resume standpoint, they could re- they could really improve to a point where they get looked at. You know, should they go on a run in the coastal um, and even you know hopefully a good showing for for their sake at Arkansas. The problem is you keep knocking off Arkansas, the less sexy <laughs> yeah. that wins going to look because Greensboro's already done it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we'll, ha- we'll have to see how that shakes out. But I think, you know, the Coastals, uh, overall, uh, it- it's a good league. Uh, you got six, seven teams right now playing pretty well. And then even at the very bottom, you know, North Carolina AT's finally broken through for a couple wins lately. Um, and that will help in in some of these numbers if they keep playing better.
0: Yeah, they picked up the win at Coastal Carolina this week, a, a true road one for ANT. So that does help there. Uh, here's the upcoming schedule. You mentioned that Wilmington and Arkansas game. A few other interesting games, though. Hofstra, who is also a pretty good team at St. John's, Delaware yeah. hosting Princeton. Uh, so there, it's the, this last little batch here of non conference games are, are actually pretty fascinating here. Yeah, they are. Um, And 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 the first game of the new year, I believe, is this Hampton at Drexel game coming up on New Year's Day. Uh, National TV for it, also on CBS Sports Network. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) whatever that means. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Rocco, let me go back. Get back to you here in Conference USA, uh, where Louisiana Tech has been going in the wrong direction, and maybe so. Maybe this is Liberty's conference again.
2: Yeah, I'm not so sure about that. Those two losses by. LaTeX were gut-wrenchers, like yeah, just, just painful Oof. to even watch. You had a St. Louis buzzer beater in a game where La- – Louisiana Tech did something that I've never seen a team do. Perhaps it's happened. I just have, haven't caught it if it has. But they had zero turnovers in the entire game. Um, and we lost. It was insane. And then the <laughs> Seattle U game, I uh, that was a uh, – if you guys like replay reviews, you got to go back and watch that. There's about 20 of them.
1: Oh, God, it was horrible.
2: Yeah, and there was a <laughs> controversial foul called on an Im- that the pass didn't even go in on a sideline play, and they called a foul. That's what allowed Seattle to send it to overtime. Yeah. Um, very disappointing. I, if I was Talvin Hester, I'd be in, I'd be, be- beside myself because they very easily could be eleven and two with, and those would have been two really nice road wins. Yeah, yeah. And now they're staring at nine and four, and on their way to Grand Canyon on Saturday, which. You know, one one man's fall is another man's opportunity, and and so if they can pick up the pieces and go win that, that certainly makes up for it. But I, I still think that those showings show you that this is a pretty darn good team because their only other losses are New Mexico and Colorado
1: State, which I think we all agree are great teams.
2: Yeah, yeah I they think they were
1: I, right. I mean, they were they were good against Colorado State. They weren't. I mean, they were in the game.
0: And you want to circle yeah. three games for as we get to, after we get through this weekend, Liberty playing Alabama, another big game this weekend. But uh, yeah we get to conference play, There's three games to circle. I think it's January fourteenth, Liberty Louis Louisiana Liberty at La Tech, February tenth, yep. La Tech at Liberty, and the conference tournament championship game where the two teams will should be playing each other for a third time. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, quite honestly, I I, I there nobody else has done anything. I mean, Western Kentucky a little bit of life, but uh, I, I don't think. Well. Yeah. They're playing well. I just don't think they're in the same league as these other two, as these other two top teams. Uh, there is the rest of that schedule. We are, free, we'll finally get to the end of this Wax USA challenge series as well this weekend, <laughs> yeah. uh, which has been going on since I think opening day. Uh, so we'll get yeah. a final score. We'll get a final score in there after this weekend. We'll, we'll update you on that next week. Uh, the Seattle UTEP game is part of that and the La Tech Grand Canyon game. Uh, I guess the Abilene Western Kentucky game also in there. Um but if you're
3: looking good. for a potential spoiler in Conference USA, also keep an eye on Jacksonville State. One-time Xavier player Kiki Tandy, who had some uh, injury troubles in his career with the Musketeers, he's finally found his mark as the leading awesome. scorer for the Gamecocks.
2: They had a great week. All
3: right, let's uh,
0: let's keep things rolling around right along here. Griggs over in the Horizon League. Uh, fort wayne didn't pl- actually play this week but uh but i still think they're the story of the conference
1: yeah yeah they really are and while they were beaten kind of handily by pittsburgh it's just fun to see them kind of having the year that they're having uh without having much history of success i don't think they've ever been in the into the ncaa tournament they're one of the stories of the conference but, but but there is another one it's a team that's won. let me see uh they're on believe, the right side of the screen there. Yes. I, got I believe seven, they won seven out of their last 11 games. S- seven of a row. Also
0: never made the NCAA tournament before. Yes,
1: and, and, and it is back. And all you all have it. If you don't, then there's something wrong with you. Penguin fever is back.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, so they are doing a great job of beating up on quad four teams. Uh, they did win, at <laughs> Ohio, win the road game at Ohio, though, so that's at least something. Uh, and... The best part is that we are getting right back into conference play here. Uh, they're going to be hosting Oakland and then going to NKU in their next two games, while right. Fort Wayne is going to be hosting NKU and Detroit Mercy. But so.
1: I do need to point something out about Penguin Fever. When you look at all their wins, there's only been three that are against teams that are 250 or worse. That's a lot. <laughs>
0: yes. Okay. Uh,
1: what I said is technically correct. Uh,
0: technically correct. They they did a great job of being of a non D one team here also. But uh, hey, I'll believe in them as for as long as you want to believe in them, Griggs. because oh, We do love the Penguins, and yes, we They, do. Are, they are one of the very we, few teams we, with, we don't with love winning their schedule, but
1: we love them.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I'm not so, so, Go ahead. Go ahead, Rocco.
1: Yeah, just
2: some news on Northern Kentucky. Unfortunately, star player Sam Vincent tore his ACL in the St. Mary's game, and he is done for the year. And that's a big blow to the Norse. Uh, that just came out on Christmas Eve, so I think a lot of people missed that. But, um, yeah, in fact, I just caught it today. But, uh, so, yeah, that's that's something to keep in mind for NKU going forward. They have the showdown with Purdue-Fort Wayne on Friday. Um, another just random thought is I think Green Bay is going to be feisty all year. Uh, And they have another fun week of games hosting Wright State on Friday and uh, also Robert Morris on Sunday. So maybe Green Bay can get two at home
1: and go to three and one. Yeah, I think they will get both those.
0: Uh, The other game we got circled here, of course, is Friday night, Detroit Mercy at IUPUI. Detroit zero wins, IUPUI one D one win. Something's got to give here.
1: That (laughs) is centenary implications right
0: there. (laughs) And oh, we got the
2: this... rematch. The, the rematch is on Valentine's Day. <laughs> yes. On
0: Valentine's Day. That's at Detroit. That may be Detroit, oh, oh, oh. for Detroit's first one of the season. And I'm it may take that going to surprise
1: long. my girlfriend. She will be legitimately surprised. Never seen this one coming. I,
0: I, I got to say be true, what Detroit Mercy is doing – and what the Detroit Pistons are doing in the NBA? This is a better year for basketball in the city of Detroit, Michigan. That's
2: a great, that's a great, tw- that's a great tweet right there, Chad. I won't yeah. deal
0: with it. Hey,
1: what about e- <laughs> Eastern Michigan's the best team in town?
0: Let's <laughs> oh, move um, no, to, to the Ivy League here, uh, Salika. Uh, again, we've mentioned this a few times. This may be one of the best
3: Ivy League's top to bond that we've
0: ever seen. At least in my lifetime.
3: And that's not even counting the Penn Quakers, who as Titel pointed out on the Hoops Hoops HD report, have had a pretty insane schedule of late. Now, if you look at teams that are actually winning, also keep in mind, Columbia has been exceeding expectations for what seems like the past, for the first time in about four or five decades. But Princeton and Cornell have been the uh, carrying the banner. You look at what the Tigers have done, for example, getting... Three wins in against uh, Tier 2 and had a chance to get a win at St. Joe's. They, unfortunately, they weren't able to uh, pull that one off. And you look at Cornell, they've their only two losses are against the uh, top two tiers. But understandable considering how well Syracuse and uh, George Mason have been playing. But winning at Fordham, even though the Rams are down this year, that's still a good win by uh, Cornell standards right there.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think these are the top two teams, but but there's several teams we can't overlook. You can't overlook this Yale team who who heading who into the season was. I know they've stumbled a few times, but this was the best team, and this may still end up being the best team. Uh, they've got to go out to Santa Clara, by the way, before they come back 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 back, uh, back east for the conference play and the game at Howard on January 3rd as well, uh, but. Yeah, as you mentioned, the Rocco, you've also got this Penn team. You've also got Columbia over Chief. You've also got Harvard in here, and only four can even make it to the Ivy League tournament.
2: Yeah, it's pretty pretty fascinating. Uh, and, and I agree. Like it's it's going to be a great a great year. Most years, anyway, the Ivy League four or the Ivy four, as they call it, uh, comes down to that last weekend, and I can't imagine what all the fireworks we're going to be seeing. Ideally everybody stays healthy so at least we have six, seven strong teams like it looks like now. Um, you know and I think I think Cornell's the one I'm the most intrigued by just because I've got to see Yale play a lot, I've gotten to see Princeton play a lot. I saw Harvard a few times. Um, but I, I need to see a little bit more Cornell. They, their only losses are George Mason and Syracuse and they were fairly competitive in both uh, but they don't have like a m- massive win yet either. so I'm really curious which direction they go.
0: And their next two games, before they get to conference play, could tell us a yep. lot. Number one, hosting a very good Colgate team, and that's while playing great. over their head, can they stay in with Baylor? Yale stayed in the game with, with, with can- at Kansas the other night for
1: yeah, they did. a good portion
0: of that game. Can Cornell at least play, play in that type of level against a very good Baylor team?
1: Yeah, that Colgate-Cornell game is just a fascinating under-the-radar game. that's it just is. a oh, good game.
3: Also year. highlight Columbia and Fordham as well, because that's going to be a game where if Columbia really is improved, that should be a winnable game for the Lions this year.
1: Yeah,
3: I, I think you also got to highlight Penn's schedule at Houston at Auburn. Um, <laughs> yeah, it should make
2: it should make them better. I don't, I don't know if you'll like yeah. the final score, but it'll,
1: it should make them better. It, it should, and okay. you, you should play those games if you're. The, the point agree. is to make your team better. Yep.
0: Uh, Greg's over the Metro Atlantic, uh, another conference where, where you, well, we, well, though we got a couple of conference games in already so far. Uh, we really need to get conference play going here.
1: Full. Yeah, you know, they did the thing and a lot of leagues do this is that they started conference play before the winter break. So you're not starting with the students not there. Um, I still like Canisius uh, as far as how who I think is playing the best ball. Marist, I guess, has the best metrics or there they are. At the t- they're one of the two teams that won their first two games anyway but against, I'm against
0: against the 359 strength of schedule there's only three worse in the nation from yeah <laughs>
1: right but i still like canisius as far as who i think looks the best out of this league and who i think can put themselves in a position to win the tournament and get the bid win
0: the tournament get the bid and probably end up on the 16 line if not go probably to so from, uh, yeah <laughs> unfortunately from what we've seen here from this league uh, I don't even know that there's too much to really circle other than we mentioned earlier, the Ni- big Niagara-Buffalo game with, uh, as you mentioned, Centenary Award, Worst Team in D1 implications yeah. for Buffalo here, a winnable game uh, for the first time all season, I think. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't even know that we should spend much more time on this as yeah. opposed to just, just jumping right over to the uh, – Rock, over to the Miak. Um which um I guess, you know, a little shout out to Norfolk State beating a South Dakota State team that
1: God South Dakota State. Well, that would
0: have been a big win, uh had South Dakota State been playing the way they th- we thought they would play this year.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean for Norfolk
2: standards, it's big to beat a team like that by nineteen in uh in a neutral court venue. They were down at the uh Don Haskins invitational. Yep. They took UTEP to the final horn and lost by two in a true road environment. Uh I think Norfolk um you know they have not lost at home all their losses have been true road losses or neutral so um they're doing a great job and North Carolina Central had a nice win over a team with a bloated record in Longwood uh and handled them by nine actually uh so that that's a really good win for NC Central reminding everybody why playing games at MEAC schools are a dangerous uh, endeavor for anyone <laughs> and uh And I think we've been saying it, but I, but I do believe you know Howard is uh, capable of winning this league as well. They kind of proved that at you know that Cincinnati performance and other performances. Uh, So even though they're four and nine, they've got a they've got a good ceiling for MEAC action. Uh,
0: Howard with 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 a handful of non conference games, he's got a game at La and then hosting Yale. Oh, and by the way, they've also got the game against Hampton coming up in February. Um, so, yeah, uh, they get an
2: extra week because they're only going to play 14 league games. So. Right.
0: All right, so, a lot of these teams are, are going to be playing still another non conference game here. We mentioned uh, as we record this, I believe Virginia is pounding Morgan State. Uh, they were last time I looked at that score, at least. Yeah. Uh, maybe a score update 56, there. Morgan State's down <laughs> by
3: 22.
0: Norfolk at Tennessee on Tuesday. Yell at Howard. Um,
2: South Carolina State at Nebraska. There I we go. That.
0: South Carolina State with a uh, road game. Coppin State at Maryland. That's a little uh,
1: ri- <laughs> rivalry
0: series, right? Yeah. A
3: little Baltimore yeah, a little,
0: <laughs> a little local rivalry action there. Uh, Sleek, over in the Missouri Valley Conference, uh, let's talk about some really good teams here, especially these top two and maybe a couple more below them.
3: Well, Indiana State was Ooh. off during the past week, and I think we had teased they're actually going to be going to – michigan state for one of their uh upcoming games you look yes, at, like, their next
0: game this weekend that's a huge one that is the larry board magic johnson rematch game go ahead
3: yeah but most recently they're coming off of wins against uh, ball state and tennessee state so now they have a, a 10 game winning streak going into michigan state and once they're done with that then you go against uh, evansville which is hard to believe that two of the teams from indiana are probably going to be Two of the potential contenders in the Valley this year. I mean, Indiana State was kind of a dark horse point of the year. We definitely did not see Evansville coming as far as a, a contender here. Yeah, and of course, you got this Drake team that lost the overtime game at UAB, a heartbreaker
0: for, for them, but I still think this yeah, Drake team ex- is excellent, Griggs.
1: Yeah, they are. That's one that they really kind of needed. Uh, not that winning at UAB is big, but I mean, it's just not a game that you can afford to lose. Again, when you're an under-the-radar team that's gunning for the bubble, you have to hold serve in games like that that are not easy to win, but you still got to win them. Um, not as big on Evansville. I'm very impressed with what they've done. I just don't think that they look quite as good on the court as the trees or as Drake.
3: Well,
0: well, Rock, I want to ask you about this Evansville team. They only have two losses, One of them was Missouri State, who just won at St. Mary's, so Missouri State's not a bad team in this conference. The other one blown out by BYU, one of the top teams in the nation. Uh, I think there may may be a real good good test for this team at Cincinnati in their last non-conference game coming up.
2: Yeah, it's hard to say, because I mean the only two games where they really had this punch above their weight, uh, they got pounded pretty good. Uh, When they went to, I'm I'm saying road games, not at home, Uh, road game at Missouri State, they were Pretty easily handled. The BYU game was a was a demolition. Um, so I, I would just be encouraged if Evansville is more competitive. I I was in, encouraged, you know, that last performance before uh, the holiday, uh, they had a 31-point win. That showed a gear that I don't think they had shown yet where, you know, just going out and beating a team that like that and at the D1 level. I know they beat Ball State by 24 early. Uh, they kind of sputtered around a little bit and finding other ways to win. Um, but I want to see if Evansville is truly going to be able to keep up with the Indiana States, the Drakes, the Missouri States, the Belmonts. That's uh, another level of caliber of play. Even Northern Iowa is very, very talented. Uh, Evansville, to me, at least optically, performance-wise, not quite there, but the merits are there, and that's, you know, that's going to breed confidence, and I am really excited to follow that growth.
3: Yeah, I will um, say if Evansville is able to win on Friday, it would only further expose Cincinnati as a <laughs> who getting fat on buy games. Yeah, that's another story that we that we we talk <laughs> about on a different show. <laughs> but
0: uh, <laughs> Xavier, Xavier fans are ready to pounce. Yeah. Uh, we do have that game there, Evansville at Cincinnati, non-conference. Then we get into conference play after this weekend. Of course, the Indiana State, Michigan State game. That, that that's game. a big
1: one. Like cause yeah. I don't think a lot of people have seen Michigan or sorry, seen Indiana State yet. They they're good.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean it's going to be phenomenal because yeah, we mentioned it on on the other show, but like Indiana State, Michigan State are both ascending at the same time, and it's always fun when you can get a matchup when two teams are playing their very best. Yep. um so let's hope the uh the little break here didn't didn't mess with that for either team i would love to just see a classic uh, battle down to the wire
0: yep and uh for the national championship with bird versus Oh yeah, wrong, 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 wrong year. Um, off by a few years. I'm yeah, um, off
1: by about 15. <laughs> hey.
0: Griggs, Griggs, Northeast Conference. We've been talking yeah. about all these leagues with only one one team with a winning record. We got no. We don't have an overall winning record, let alone a D1 winning record in this no, league. No, but we
1: have something we haven't had in for seemingly forever, and that's a top 200 team in Merrimack. And yes, I think we That's do. the team to beat in this league. I like some of what Fairley dickinson has done, not a lot. I still think Sacred Heart will come alive when league play starts. But as far as who's looked the best, I think it's Miramac, and it's not even close.
0: Oh, I agree with you they're coming off the win over Bucknell, which is you yeah. know it's a home win, but but hey, it's a win and yeah, and when you look at what the rest of this conference has been doing <laughs> uh now. Uh, we do cool. got to give a shout out to Central Connecticut. Went to Fordham last week and picked yeah. up a road win against an A10 school. I'm still with you on Merrimack our, being our, the our best. Our colleague team. Lee
1: Delvecchio is still partying.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. In terms of the upcoming schedule, we're still a, another week away from uh, from conference play starting here. So not certain what else you're going to really circle. Uh, Merrimack <laughs> is at BU. That that's probably that the most might, be a, one. That might yeah. be a fun one. That uh, might be a fun one. BU has not been very good so far this season, though. So. Yeah. I don't get fairly tickets much of a shot at Illinois. Um, no, uh, none. <laughs> and uh, Stonehill yeah. at Rutgers. Uh, to, no. Uh,
2: That's a Chad, no. Chad Sherwood rivalry game right there. Uh, yeah. The, the, the Stoners, stoner, against, the Stoners
1: yeah. against Rutgers.
0: Task good Stonehill played Stony Brook, but that was a different story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's just, just jump right over to the OVC. Um which, yeah, uh, we're struggling here, Stalico. We've got one team with a winning record against D1, and that's 5-4. and four, Moorhead uh, at least has shown a lot of life, especially in, in some of their losses.
3: Well, mercifully, Moorhead is done with their uh, four non-D1 games. Still, that would have been an awfully big cherry on top had they been able to hang on against uh, Indiana if it weren't for their offense melting down in the final 10 minutes of that one. <laughs> But I think at this point, what's going to be on the minds of the Eagles is you don't want to lose early in the OVC tournament like you did last year. Because last year, the Eagles were the regular season champs in the OVC and weren't able to cash it in last year. Yeah,
0: and well, I think mostly for this conference, we are done with non-conference play entirely. We are getting into conference the conference season now. Uh and- Moorhead starting on Sunday at at SEMO that's their first game. I'll skip right this little rock team with the road trip two road games at Tennessee Tech at Tennessee State to start. Tennessee
1: Tech is so bad that it's indescribable. Um SEMO mm-hmm. <laughs> so good last year, so bad looking this year. Outside of Morehead State, it just looks like a really weak league. Little Rock the Little Rockos and Edwardsville, <laughs> two teams that we thought we would be good, just haven't been good at all and western illinois for all of the what i said about well you know they they're coming in from a stronger league they'll they'll be on more even keel and able to compete they've been disappointing
2: i, I would disagree i was going to say keep your eye on western illinois they are they're starting to play better i've heard a lot of great things about uh, chad brojero as a coach uh, juke is a juco uh, phenomenal juco coach and uh, they've won four in a row uh, after a three and six start, although two of those are non-D1. Uh, the other two were road wins. And for the OVC re- uh, level, if you're winning road games against other D1 schools, you got to keep your eye on them. And I just think they're one of those teams anyway. If they're going to do anything this year, they're going to be doing it late in the year as they start to figure it out and click. And yeah. uh, they're, they look like they could have that potential.
1: And this conference has solved its problem of scheduling too many non d one games. It's going to be a limit of two regular oh. season games starting next year, so
0: oh okay, that is, well, that's we'll... nice and yeah. there we go't does do... <laughs> <laughs> do a damn bit of good
1: this year, but <laughs> can they
2: can
0: they call the Southland and let them know
2: so
3: yeah they can do okay,
0: it okay yeah. so we so so if this was next year, just add two more losses out to everybody's record <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs>
0: I have a feel wow. those will be extra buy games, uh, but let's uh, yeah. let's jump over to the Patriot League, Rocco, where we do have this Colgate team. Even though they're only five and six versus D one, and had that head scratching loss to Iona, honestly, just the way they got blown out by twenty points, I still think yeah. this is the best team in the conference by a lot.
2: Yeah, I mean they, they've got a lot of experience. Matt Langell's a proven coach. He's never been a coach in the, in this long run of great Colgate success. Uh, to really hamper or harp on uh, the, the non-conference results so I do think they kind of do a little bit more experimenting if you will uh, but they have already proven they could beat Weaver State they won at Vermont they beat a pretty good Gardner-Webb team I think that's enough uh, easily in the Patriot League to show that they are who we think they are and uh, another test with Cornell that we talked about before during the Ivy right. segment uh, just to get them prepared so uh, I think it's I think it's Colgate and everybody else. Um, you know, one team that's super interesting that started 0-7 uh, is now only 3-9 and 9 and only beat two D1 teams is uh, Army, B- just because Army uh, took Indiana to the final minute. And lately, they're really starting to wake up a little bit to taking Stony Brook to OT and then going down and winning at UTSA by 10. I get it. These are, like, pretty bad teams in general. But yeah. for, for the Patriot League, if you're looking for – teams that are growing, kind of like Western Illinois of the OVC, I would look to Army under first-year head coach Kevin Kuwick, who's been around the game for a long time at the Power 5 level, uh, to get these guys – I think he's an Army grad, too – to get these guys moving in Patriot play.
0: Well, you know, Army-Navy is one of those great rivalries. Stalika, how about Army take it on the Merchant Marines?
3: <laughs> I, I will not have you mocking the alma mater of the great Skip Prosser there, yeah. mister. <laughs>
1: okay 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 uh
0: the, the, there's the rest of the upcoming schedule we do get That's to conference amazing. play on, on wednesday here uh finishing up non-conference play over the weekend uh, but sleek like, let me stick with you over in the, in the socon where i think we're setting up for a very interesting at least three maybe 14 conference battle here in the conference as we head to the regular season maybe five maybe six i would say Sanford,
3: western carolina well western carolina and greensboro are going to be the two that immediately come to mind Sanford is going to have the uh, best metrics, at least as far as the net goes, and Chattanooga is going to be the team that's a, a perennial contender in the SOCON. Now, losing at uh, Milwaukee is going to be a bit of a bitter pill for the mocks to swallow right here. Of course, that's not one of the more bitter things that's been happening of late, but I think if we're going to be looking at, yeah, there's way too many uh, non-D1 games to be focused on what's happened this week, at least. Yeah, not not really what happened this week, but but you you're right. Samford picked up that win at, at Texas
0: Southern. Um, you got West Galley, you got Greensboro, uh, Rocco. Don't don't we don't want to forget about them down in the number seven line there, but Furman, I think, gets into this race as well.
2: Yeah, Furman's dealt with a lot of injuries. I mean, they've they were really banged up in the Myrtle Beach tournament that I covered. Um, so I you know, I feel like we haven't seen the full Furman, maybe, maybe just the last week or two. And um, they're, they're going to be there at the end, I think. Uh, but like you said, Sanford, Western Carolina are, are also here to stay. UNC Greensboro, with that Arkansas win under their belt, now getting a chance on Friday at Texas. Texas, I don't think is as great as you might have thought they were at the start of the year. They they've had uh, some no. they've they, had some they head not. scratchers. So if, <laughs> yeah, and the problem with Greensboro is the mystery behind you know star star player McKeel Brown Jones. Who has not played the last couple of games, and that's really uh, a head scratcher because again, another team that won't talk about their injuries. Uh, but if if somehow he's healthy and available, I could see Greensboro winning at Texas.
1: Oh, I could too. Wow. Um, but, but we've heard it, folks. Yeah, uh, and, but and but he's got to be available if he's yeah. if They're shorthanded; yeah. they're not going to win. But we talked about penguin fever. Are, are we loving Bucky Ball? Sanford 9-2 yeah. against D1 programs. One of those losses, their opener against Purdue. Getting it done. Yeah. Best team I could ever remember Samford having, at least since they were joined the SoCon.
2: That's right. And Samford opened with the Purdue loss, the VCU loss. They've won 11 straight ever since. Obviously a handful against non-D1 schools. But if you yeah. like the, Indi- if you like Indiana state Sycamores, Sanford's base- and Bucky Ball are basically running the same thing. Yeah. They, go, they go 10 deep, five out offense, just beat you in waves. And they are just crushing teams. Yeah. And uh, I just don't know how high the ceiling is, but it could be really high. Uh, this, is mostly, this
0: is mostly talking about Sanford. Honestly, since, uh, Said so Scott Padgett and Carl Hess had to leave on <laughs> yes. it, uh, are you stepping to me? Uh, mile, yeah.
1: <laughs> Which, uh, y- sure. you know, is, is this the best team in Birmingham? I think it might be. <laughs> oh, well, that's, that's a
0: tough one. UAB, I think, is yeah. interesting. Uh, I, I did highly come up next Wednesday. We do start conference play, and we start off with Furman at Greensboro. So, uh, you know, we're getting right into it th- with that's conference play. Awesome. Here. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Keeping things rolling right along here. There's uh,
1: only one... If you were to field – this is my question for Rocco, not to take over the hosting job. If you were to field an all-star team of players with everybody but McNeese State players and have them play McNeese, would McNeese be up by 20 at the half or would it take them the entire game to win that by 20?
2: I want to give respect to some great players around the league and say yeah. it would be a good game, but I, I I think it's a fair question. I mean, McNeese, yeah. <laughs> McNeese is that much better than everybody else for sure. Yeah.
0: I think for the rest of the season, all we're going to do is we're going to flash up the Southland standings. We'll talk 30 <laughs> seconds about McNeese. And there's no point in discussing anything. The only other thing to discuss here is we do have a couple of teams that are winless against D1 down at the bottom. Uh, so we, we'll keep an eye on that for, uh, for, you know, award for the worst team in D1. But uh, I, I think you're right fascinating McNeese's last non-conference game uh, coming up here Friday night though at Michigan.
1: That's a good uh, one.
0: This will be the last chance we're going to really get to see how McNeese does against against top or higher competition yeah. than the garbage they're going to play the rest of the season.
2: I know. I wish they had like a February non-conference random game against Grand Canyon scheduled instead of Grand Canyon playing Bethesda. Why couldn't they just save a date in February? Um uh, yeah. Anyway, a lo- I'll,
1: I'll digress. <laughs> a lot of non-D1 opponents also in this conference. I would like to suggest maybe they reach out to the OVC. Rocco suggested that
3: earlier.
0: Oh, come on! Let's it is the Battle get- of San Antonio, Our Lady of the Lake at well, Incarnate Word.
3: Okay, that should count as that should be an example. <laughs> I was worried we weren't going to see Our Lady of the Lake in the non-conference <laughs> this year.
1: <laughs>
0: Let's jump over. Uh, um Yeah, I guess we're out at the SWAC next. uh uh Salika, we see all red, not a single not that they really think we've had a shot to win any of these games but they <laughs> well, did not was, win any
3: games uh, there was one home game for Texas Southern but unfortunately it came against the Samford team that was just being discussed and naturally it was a, a 22 point blowout for the Bulldogs which at Bucky? Texas Southern is actually a pretty good result
1: Bucky McMillan, he's got Buckyball going, uh, i Buckyball I'll tell you, Bucky
0: ball. Uh, I, it, Rocco, is this might this be Jackson State's year? Uh, if you look at, at what's in this yeah. conference, they are the one team that actually did something. They did a couple of the did a couple of times. They actually have four wins away from home, uh, including that Missouri win.
2: Yeah, they were they're a good looking starting five. I, I got to watch them in the Chris Paul event because they were playing so late at night in Vegas, and they won that thing, uh, beating both Howard and A and um, And of course, like you mentioned, the big. Bigger wins at Missouri and at Arkansas State were really impressive, um, but I, yeah, I think behind the big man that they have, uh, Jordan O'Neill, I mean, he's awesome. Like very, very good athlete, really efficient player. Um, I, I think these guys look the part, um, and if they can, I, I think the swag. I, I want to give the swag some credit because I don't. I think it's deeper than just Jackson State. I think Southern University is really good. I think Prairie View has got a good team. At this even, level. Yeah. And Texas Southern always gets better. So <laughs> they always so, win yeah. the conference
0: tournament. So that doesn't yeah, they matter. <laughs> always win the
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's a, a solid at least four teams at the top, maybe, maybe even deeper.
0: And, and got to give them a shout out here. Five of the top 10 strengths of schedule in the nation are sitting, including one, two, and three overall, all in this conference. Yeah. Uh, and they uh, got paid a lot yeah. to get that. they, they, they oh, yeah. made they made money <laughs> uh here's the upcoming schedule jackson state at northwestern friday night uh interesting biblical studies.
1: studies on its way to texas southern
0: and then to oh. grambling a big big road trip here for tech for biblical studies yeah <laughs> uh, uh, griggs in the summit league oh, uh let, oh, we, oh. we, we talked about the disappointment of south oh. dakota state uh Is it time to start paying attention to the team that's on the top there with the best net in the conference? And I'm talking about Denver. I can't
1: believe, I I just can't accept that I'm about to say this, but the answer is definitely perhaps. Um, Definitely maybe. (laughs) Definitely maybe. (laughs) They haven't done anything, but, but they haven't, like, other than the loss to Edwardsville, who we think could at least, you know, they have some pieces. They haven't completely blown it either. And, Nobody in this league has looked good. South, Carolina, South Dakota State's been, you, you know, exceptionally disappointing. I, I don't know what, do you, what do you, the pioneers may be. It, I it, it just, I just can't believe I'm saying that. But they, they may be. Uh, uh, who else in this league do you like? I mean, has anybody done anything that makes you say, "Oh man, look at that"?
0: I, I like the, the best thing I like about this league is that Thomas. you look at this column here. They, you know, it's 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 starting over again now for all these teams, and it gives it yeah. a chance to do exactly that uh, as we get into conference play starting Friday night. Um,
2: yeah, Denver, go
1: to-
0: Denver and St. Thomas are
2: are playing better right now, but they are, but they don't have like the big wins to show for it. St. Thomas scared the heck out of Marquette, which was yeah, really impressive. Do.
1: St. Thomas is still a transitional team, transitioning up from D3, and yep. yeah, I think they might be the best story of the league, just based on how they're doing as a transitional team, which is yep. unfortunate. This is a league that I personally really enjoy, and um, it's kind of heart-sinking to think that it won't be one of those 12-13-ish line type of years where they have a really good shot at getting into the round of 32. And I I always thought this league was, was grossly undervalued, especially with the four Dakota schools, oral Roberts last year was really good. Uh, But this year it just hasn't shown out at all. No one has other than perhaps St. Thomas.
0: Yeah, no we We could be looking at a 15, 16 C from the summit league, which is almost unheard of. Um, Yeah. uh, Unless they can really get, you know, pick up some, they do have that big sky challenge that every team here will get two games in it. Uh, maybe dominate, few, that. Few, dominate that challenge, could push yeah. up a a C line for a conference. Uh,
2: I think Oral well, Roberts at Denver will be interesting on Sunday, just uh, off the yes. top of there. Thank
0: you. Um, Sunbelt Conference, we're not talking James Madison, and we already mentioned a little bit about a- 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 Appalachian State's loss to Asheville. Uh, but Sleek, anything else you got on this league, since we're really not talking JMU in the, on this show?
3: Well, Louisiana actually had a somewhat decent win metric-wise when they went to uh Houston and got the uh, win at Rice last Friday. And other than that, they're they're only 5 and 5 at least as far as D1 opponents go, but it's been against a uh schedule that's been somewhat middling. They're 0 and 3 against the top 2 tiers, but at least once you get to uh, tier 3 and below, they're 3 and 2 against uh tier 3 and then they've won all four games down in four but losing to Toledo and Wright State you feel like those are going to be a little more winnable games this year that they probably should have cashed in on
0: yeah, it's still a little over a week away but that that game against James Madison that they're where they're hosting JMU uh could be JMU's one of JMU's toughest test of the entire season that's a game yeah, that I think I'm it will the, sir, I'm circling on the calendar and Rocker, yeah. you're going to be there right
2: uh the Cajun Dome game yes yes, yes. January 4th, baby. Um, it's, it's circled in my head, so we're uh, we're looking really good there. Can't wait for it, actually. Um, it's just one of those places it's not easy to get to, and it worked out. Um, I also would say Arkansas State is a team I got to see last week at Belmont, and um, although they fell short by four, they were super competitive. They actually led for more of the game, I think, than they were trailing. And ever since they started running the offense through Caleb Fields, uh, although he didn't have his best game that particular night. Um, they've been playing a lot better. Darian Ford, of course, is an Arkansas transfer. Uh, Dominguez is a big guy who can really shoot it from deep. And they're running, uh, you know, everything. Brian Hodgson's the new coach and, and kind of the old Nate Oates system. And it's it's really starting to pay off for them. The the wins haven't fully shown up. Obviously, the record's not great. But I think it's a team that can really ascend as the year goes on. Uh, kind of like how South Alabama has done in past years. and And – and heck, South Alabama could do that again this year.
0: And the Red Bulls, with four of their first five conference games at home, c- they could get off to a nice hot start here, which gets some momentum yep. running here into conference play. Uh, there is the upcoming schedule. It is the start of conference play uh, beginning this weekend, including Texas State at James Madison and Monroe at Appalachian State. Louisiana is at Marshall. Uh, Griggs. The Western Woo-hoo. Athletic Conference, and how about them 11-1 Grand Canyon Antelopes off of that huge win over Bethesda today at, at well, the Air Force Base there?
1: Well, the game against Bethesda decide, Grand Canyon is the story. They have been all year. I th- There's some other teams that I really like. I'm really impressed with what Tarleton's doing as a transitional school. Not quite sure what – um, I, I still think Seattle is tough to go there and win. SFA has been wildly inconsistent, but when, they, uh, when they've when they been good, they've been really good. Abilene Christian, I think, has been a little disappointing. I think they could be dangerous. But who's the team in this conference? It, it's the Lopes, and how exciting is this? I think that they're inching closer and closer to the rankings. They're really starting to move up in the coaches' poll. I think they'll get into the rankings, not because I think they're one of the 25 best teams, but I think they are one of the best 40, and the way the rankings work is – when was your most recent loss? And I think that eventually, I I, I don't think anybody's going to beat them. I don't see a loss, may, other than maybe when they go to Seattle on the twentieth. They should win all those games.
0: Well, this might be the game coming up this weekend. They're hosting La Tech, Rocco, uh, Grand Canyon. That they, they win this game, they they have a chance to you know to just roll through this conference and put up a, put up a gaudy record and and be, get themselves inside the bubble, don't they?
2: I mean, I, I agree with Griggs. They're very, very good. And Blackshear is a guy they just got back, thanks to the court ruling. Um, they're they're slowly breaking him in, as you take a look at his usage so far. But uh, I'll be curious to see how much he plays in the Law Tech game this weekend. I I, I just I want to caution uh, that this WAC conference is probably better than it looks on paper. It? Going on going on these road trips is not easy. Playing uh, when when a league stretches all the way from Seattle to Stephen F. Austin. And you have to go to Utah trips. There's probably a few losses buried in there that you can't see right now. But yeah, if anybody s- can do it, it's this this Grand Canyon team.
1: Yeah, I, I think Seattle's tough. I think SFA's t- tough on the road. I mean, yeah. I think even going to Abilene might be kind of tough. Uh, and the other tough. thing is, th- what's going to happen is they're going to become the showcase game, especially if they crack the rankings. And that makes going on the road even harder when you're that team's showcase game for the whole year. But, but Grand Canyons navigated this conference before, um, and, and this is the best. The lo this isn't a knock on any previous Lopes team. We've been big on the Lopes ever since they were transitioning, but this is the best Lopes team that I can remember seeing.
2: Yeah, it's the best of one they've had for sure. Yeah, and, I think. And, and, but I do think you know Tarleton's pretty darn good. Utah yeah. Valley's a very difficult building to win in. Um, very. So yeah. That, yeah. So I, I just think it, there's not going to be a dull moment. And even when they were down at UT uh, Rio Grande Valley, you know, at the end of November, that game was not easy for them. And that's a, that's a bottom team.
0: Yeah. yeah. RGV, RGV is, has had a few games where they've, they've been in it over the past couple seasons, but they haven't really turned things around there yet. Uh, there's the rest of the upcoming schedule. For, again, the end of that wax USA challenge series highlighted by the La Tech Red Canyon game. Uh, one more team, not a conference, but Mr. Salika, Chicago Ooh, state, uh, He was a little bit short against Wisconsin on on their one test this week.
3: Well, they were coming off of a a recent emotional win against uh, Northwestern, but I think we have to look ahead for the Cougars right here. Not to tonight's game at California Baptist, but it's going to be uh, three days from now. Can they win the uh, Chicagoland uh, title with uh, a game at DePaul coming up? Because their only loss within the city was at Loyola earlier in the year.
0: Yeah, they they're not gonna go undefeated in the city, but but this may be for the Chicago, for the Windy City Championship here uh, for Chicago State. Uh Griggs, so I know he, you'll be watching. Yes. <laughs> uh
1: how many games they there's seven and ten now.
0: Okay, this is this is a great okay, show sorry. here. We'll see yeah, Greg's cocktail. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, we're
1: counting the t- what I was going after was could they get another game late in the season against a team that doesn't qualify for a conference tournament or a situation like a Dayton or a Princeton that has a game to make. Not Dayton or UNLV, excuse me. That has they, they
0: might. They could also, obviously, it's not that hard to cancel one of those non-D1 games, and I would not mind if they did that.
1: But yeah.
0: uh, on the other hand, you know, those are the only three remaining home games, and I think they would kind of like to get – another home game or two in before
3: the end of the season. So, Well, uh, yeah. DePaul, that's going to be their home game right there. There you go. There you go. DePaul home game. Uh, yeah, but that, that, there is Chicago State. Uh,
0: huge, huge week at Cal Baptist, followed by at DePaul, at K-State, and at Oklahoma State all coming up in the next week here as they play that, I think it's an eight- or nine-game road trip that they're on right now. At, uh, yeah. As they do anything they can to get game in, games in now, the teams are starting conference play. Right. That concludes all the regular conferences, but maybe a little bit of time for some checking out our mythical conferences. The mythical leagues,
1: yes, we've got the uh, Let's start
0: in, the, in U- the state of Utah with a beehive conference, where we are still with Utah with the lead, but we did find out that Utah Tech does have three beehive games left, has a chance not like to catch the Utes, but actually win the conference uh, should they go be, undefeated. Wow,
1: and I mean the pressure is on Utah Tech,
0: not uh, being um, – uh, you know,
1: being a transitional team, no transitional school has ever won the Beehive, Shot.
0: I don't think they have. Uh, they are eligible to win the Beehive. We we yes. have declared that. Yes. Uh, no, no games this week in conference no. play. Mm-hmm. The Front Range Conference, oh, we oh, saw oh. Northern Colorado with a huge road win at Air Force, which may have been the end of Air Force's shot here.
1: Yeah. Uh, major upset there. Buried the Falcons. Northern Colorado, yeah, improving to one and two, jumping over both Denver and Air Force.
0: Yeah, we talked about Denver could win the Summit League. I don't know if they can win the Front Range.
3: Yeah,
1: uh,
0: no conference games this week here either. Yeah. I still think there's a shot for Wyoming to catch Colorado State, given that they will play yeah. head-to-head choice this season.
1: Right, and Colorado State playing all five Front Range opponents. So,
0: uh, let's check out the Back Range conference. The back Range, yeah. <laughs> oh, um, we got a lot of teams that got to start playing games here. It's, it's, yeah, uh, we got to get things rolling we well, it's yeah. gonna
3: warm up pretty soon once uh, UTep and New Mexico State get their uh, two game series on. Yeah. yeah, still no
0: games in this league this week either. Maybe we can get some games in in our newest conference, the Top Range Conference. Involving, <laughs> uh, we just saw Washington State beat Boise State last week to now go to three and O. So how about Wazoo uh, dominating? You know, undefeated in, in conference play. Boise has lost. Idaho has lost. Eastern Washington has lost.
1: Right, and we mentioned Gonzaga not playing any top range games. Rocco Miller confirming gonzaga i mean they they have this reputation, anybody anywhere, but even even this is too hot even for them they uh, they, they, uh, that,
2: yeah. they actually updated the motto to anybody minus the top range, <laughs> yes, <got
0: them."> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We have a pair of top range games this week: the Montana <laughs> yeah. State's at Idaho State, followed by Montana at Idaho State. So those yeah. three teams are Ooh. all getting yeah. their first games in. We could see Idaho State uh, way up in the season in the standings if they can go two zero yes. this week. Yeah. Uh, uh, how about our Hoops HD top ten lists? Yes, let's to it. <laughs> uh, this is our top ten under the radar teams. We have the four of us all voted. Have a few honorable mentions here. We're going out to Purdue, Fort Wayne, Long Beach, Cornell, La Tech. Samford and Evansville, not making the top 10, but getting a little bit of love.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had Samford 10th, so that was, I, I don't know if anybody else voted for them or not. No, they didn't.
0: Uh, <laughs> at number 10,
1: yeah.
0: we have UC Irvine just sneaking Eaters, polls, pick, the It's despite the weakest overall record of anybody in this field. Yeah. Uh, at number nine, we have UNC Greensboro there out of the SOCON. At number eight, it is Ooh. Liberty uh, out of Conference USA. Above Clearly above LaTeX this week. Coming in at number seven, we have, oh, could it be? Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> we have the Appalachian State team taking a bit of a fall, but still on our top ten list. Yes. At number six, we have McNeese uh, moving the way up the rankings here, up to number six overall. At number five, UNC Wilmington out of the Coastal Athletic Association. Number four, Drake out of the Missouri Valley. Off of that loss to UAB does drop to number four overall, still way up there. Yeah. Their conference rivals, Indiana State coming at number three. Indiana
1: State way up there.
0: At number two, we have the Princeton Tigers, who had been in the one spot for quite a while, hadn't lost, but they did get past and this is for the first time ever in school history having sole possession of number one in the hoops hd under what? the radar top 10 it is the grand canyon Antioch. wow all right number one by a very narrow margin yeah. uh, never they've never been our number one team overall before they are there congrats to the lopes on that note let's pull us down and go to final thoughts talika
3: We've taken a bit of a sabbatical from the the under-the-radar game of the day for the past couple weeks, but thankfully with the conference game starting to kick off in earnest, you will see some uh, under-the-radar games of the day starting around uh, 7 o'clock each morning, so keep an eye out for it. And There were some good ones that we teased earlier tonight as possible contenders. (laughs) That's about a week away. Yeah. (laughs) Rocco.
2: Shout out to Western Carolina's Von Woolbright, a guy I got to see last week up close in the win over Vanderbilt. Uh, He was honored earlier today with the Oscar Robertson Player of the Week Award. And, you know, I don't think I've seen a guy yet this season up close. That means more to his team than this guy. He really does it all. He's a rebounding machine and a a guard sized player uh, that is third in the country in defensive rebounding. um, And also, of course, can shoot it. He can pass it. He does it all. Um, In his last, uh, you know, in three of his last four games, he's had at least seven assists. So, um, really, just a great all around player in the SOCON. We touched on three or four of the great teams in the SOCON. We did not touch on WCU, uh, but this team can be really special behind him. And uh I, I really think he's almost as valuable, if not as valuable, as like a Zach Eadie is to
1: Purdue.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And this is this is could be a heck of a season for Western Carolina, but they are in a very tough league this very year. Very tough league. Oh, yeah. a very tough league every year, honestly. But uh Greg, so you want to finish the show off.
1: Yeah, just an observation, and I, I need to preface this by saying I am well aware that it is hard to run through any conference and blow through it or and much less you, you know, win out all the way through. But in looking at Colgate and looking at certainly McNeese, maybe especially McNeese, yeah. uh, Grand Canyon, who we talked about, Moorhead State, another team, uh, it seems like you've got four or five teams that are in position to, if not run the table in the leagues, certainly blow through them. And when you start to look, Sam, I don't think Sanford will do it, as for the reason you just said, the SOCON is just too strong. But where, what do the profile and what do the committees do with a team that gets the twenty eight, twenty nine wins, which McNeese could certainly do, and maybe some of the other ones too? But you know, twenty six of them are, are tier four. Do they get into the rank? Like, we can McNeese get all the way into the rankings? Because I fully expect them to finish thirty and two.
2: I mean, I, I, like, histor- historically, twenty nine has been the magic number. You get to twenty nine, you get in. But, yeah, uh, I think like five or six at twenty-eight wins have been left out. So
1: yeah, I don't and think there's... we're left as we later learn pretty yeah. far out.
0: And, right, and and, and what yeah. do you do with what do you do with twenty-nine and three when you add in the fact that even though it's a loss in your conference tournament championship game by McNeese,
2: it's a home loss. It, it's it's yeah. a
0: home loss to a <laughs> bad team. Yeah, so there's you there. It's it's hard to excuse uh-huh. that. So. Well,
1: one of the things, and that's I keep this dr-
0: Michigan this Michigan
2: game is pretty big, Chad. Yeah. yeah, I agree.
1: But one of the things that's interesting, and I know that I keep referencing this, is college at Charleston won thirty-one last year. Was it thirty or thirty-one? And they were seeded below the bubble, meaning they were out without the conference tournament win, at least because they were seeded below but, the first but, four.
0: But, Well, you got to remember, guys. They select they won teams. 20, and Then uh,
1: thirty-one. And, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, but they select teams and then they seed. So. Okay. But, and and had they been and had they needed an at large bid they would only had 30 wins not 31 so there's a few, few right
1: yeah. but they were in the rankings and what yeah. are we going to see teams become nationally relevant with these massively bloated records like McNeese for for instance but maybe some other ones do, and you, you know uh but but still not be inside the bubble
0: that that that's it's interesting uh, yeah. We'll see what happens. Hopefully it needs a state. State's safe. I think, I think they win work. that last game at, at yeah. the conference tournament. On that somehow, note, though,
2: Somehow it works itself out every year. I don't yeah, know it does.
0: Yeah. yeah. On though, I do want to take this chance to thank everybody for joining us all year long. I wish you all a happy, healthy, and safe new year. We will see you back on January 2nd with our next Hoops HD report. But on behalf of Rocco Miller from Bracketeer.org, David Griggs, John Stalika, I'm Chad Sherwood. That's my cat behind me. That's a cat, Sherwood. (laughs) That's cat, Sherwood. Uh, We will talk to you all again next year.